0: Uh, Um, So, How much is that? (laughs) Um, um, uh, um,
1: um, 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 um,
2: um, um, um. um. (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast editor mastermind where we come and talk all things podcast editing but not the editing tech stuff but a little bit of that but a little bit about the business and hang out with our pod pals in editing land. I'm Jennifer Longworth.
0: I'm Daniel Abendroth.
2: I'm Carrie Caulfield, Eric. And our guest today is
1: Dave Visaya from the Philippines. Hello, everyone.
2: Hello, welcome.
3: It's so nice to have you on, Dave. I see you so often in the podcast editors club.
1: Yeah. Love to participate in uh, you know, uh, it's been fun, really fun.
2: Now, one of the things that we ask is, as an option for people to be on the show is to edit one of our episodes so you took the plunge you took the challenge and you edited our last episode with steve what was that like well
1: uh, dare i ask i enjoyed it a lot and uh steve mentioned in the i haven't really checked the file size though that was a that was his main complaint (laughs) (laughs) and i you know i i just upgraded my unit so it's like okay i can handle any kind of file size but it's it's fun to have it's rare for my case as an editor, right? I've been you know, doing client work for shows that recorded in Zoom and all that stuff. It's really good. Uh, it's a breather to be able to edit good audio. So you guys got really good audio and enjoyed it a lot. Although it's like five tracks with Daniel in there without talking at all. <laughs> but I still <laughs> added it in. <laughs> just making sure I don't miss anything from him.
0: I probably should have specified that I only had something at the very beginning and the very end, and nothing in the middle.
2: Shout out to Brian, who's with us but hiding tonight. He's our moderator and decided not to do the beginning and ending, but Brian and Sminger is here, too.
3: Oh, yeah. Cannot forget about Brian. I don't think this show would have happened without Brian. I don't think it would continue without Brian and Daniel.
1: This uh-huh. is a lot of work, though. <laughs> You know, we're on the other... I don't know if you guys are podcasters, but, you know, this is uh, not at all, right? We're we're just editors and...
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, I realized long ago, I like being on the back end of everything and not necessarily in front, but it's a whole different beast.
2: (laughs) Carrie has a podcast.
3: I do. Kind of. Uh, (laughs) It's been on a long hiatus and I kind of stopped publishing. Like, I didn't publish my last few episodes, which I need to do. And I... I, I need to do that, actually, so I can start the next season. But, uh, yeah, my podcast is called, it's called Just Podcasting. And guess what we talk about?
0: I have no idea. Cats. No.
3: <laughs> 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 no. There are cats. Um, There are also geese, <laughs> which is uh funny. Yeah, because there's no de-goose. But it is—it is really so. It's not about production at all. It's about what it takes to make a podcast, essentially. So it's—it's it's basically meant to scare anybody off from making a podcast.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it does entail a lot of work, right? Podcasting—it does. Yeah. And I like the way you guys are making other people edit the show, and this is like <laughs> the best thing ever. You're
3: on to us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's one part, you know, to
0: give people experience and, you know, help help build their portfolio, but it's mostly that we don't want to edit it, so, (laughs) it's nice having other people do it.
2: Daniel, you weren't supposed to tell them that.
0: (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) The secret's out.
3: You know, partly for me, it's being nosy. Like, what are you doing? Like, what does your editing sound like? So that's been interesting, and it's been little nuances that are different between styles of editing. I mean, not like, so it's basically all the same type of editing. It's it's taking out the filler and the pauses and probably shortening the laughter, would you say, Dave? <laughs> I,
1: I did a couple, you know, the, the reverberating ones, like a couple more. <laughs> so you have to cut it yeah. out. <laughs> and the cat, you know, also putting the context, right? I, I removed most of it, but when Steve acknowledged it, so I have to, like, put it there.
3: Yeah, and that's exactly what we were talking about in that episode specifically, is is you can't make that cut, you know, or the, how frustrating it is to make that cut and then have it referred to later in mm. the episode. So sorry. No problem. It <laughs> was fine. I'm glad. I'm glad you thought Shout so. out to Carrie's cats.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave... Getting back on yeah. topic, or <laughs> trying to, so you're in the Philippines. How does that working with clients from the states and from around the world? I mean,
1: it's basically for me, right? It's it's an outsourcing thing, like uh, mainly just okay. You don't you don't want to do the editing? I'll do it for I'll do it for you. So that's how I started. Really, just thinking of how to be able to be, to be of service and. You know, just getting the piece of the pie, I guess. So uh internet has, pro- has given me that opportunity. So I've been like freelancing. I wasn't an editor at, at start, right? So I was like doing virtual stuff, doing emails and all that stuff when I first started 10 years ago. Yeah, so I've been used to the whole setup of working with people not in the same country or room or state.
3: So, okay, since this is like your ball game as an as an outsource like you're being outsourced to in the Philippines mm. and i don't necessarily be like like what do you charge <laughs> cuz i feel like you have an advantage there perhaps and i don't know for sure i just know about outsourcing to the Philippines in general which by the way what most people don't know is that you can find really qualified amazing people in the Philippines to outsource your work to but as it, I'm always worried about because I work with a woman in the Philippines, and uh, I'm always concerned that I I want to make sure I'm paying somebody a living wage. A, and then there's the other side of that is that as an editor in the states, mm. your pricing uh, is something that I'm competing with. Yeah, because your cost of living is different. Your, your taxes are different. Your you know all that stuff. So what is the difference, do you think, if if you're going by an average of like a hundred dollars per episode in the States, how much are you gonna undercut me by?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a really good question.
3: I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah. Like
1: So, you know, when I I actually when I first started like I, I've been doing this for, you know, seven years now for for editing, but I've I've did it as like really taking on more clients uh, just recently, five years, four years ago. So I I just had this idea of how I went actually check online and, you know, I didn't want to put myself as like, okay, I'm definitely not on that, you know, side of the, the, the part where I charge really low. I charge like on the 60, 70 part, but I can go higher depending on, you know, I can, it can get a hundred dollars depending on what, need because i add on like publishing and not a lot of people you know for some it's just 70 for editing so i can add in in the package and make it like a 100 bucks as well but i'm certainly want to i don't want to put i mean this is what i do i love what i do but i don't want to put like you know, giving it for twenty dollars. I mean, that's crazy. I've I've seen that. I've been in upwork for quite a while. Even now I, I do it as a lead gen. And if it was mentioned in previous show, I think it was the finding the uh, clients, right? So I was I'm still there. I check it out once in a while, but I can see crazy like five dollar per episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not in for that. Okay. So
3: so you're you're pretty competitive. Exactly. But you probably are making a higher profit margin or more more money than an American charging the same price. Mm. So, do you work with a team?
1: So I have a team. So it's uh yeah. So maybe I'm not. I started with a as an independent right uh, editor. I've been doing a couple of shows, but realized that I if I want to take in more, I need to multiply my time. And uh, it's perfect because I can now uh, you know hire people who has this as you mentioned uh, a bit of lower wage right where I can uh, get uh, two or three people and actually in our team uh, I have like five now editors wow. doing that and uh, so it's yeah so it's, it's I'm on I'm like I'm on the business kind of thing I want to make sure that it's it works like a business it's systemized and. You know, i make sure all the, the, the communication, how to share files are organized as much as I can. So Trello was, or Trello, I don't even know what it's, how this pronounce pronounced. But, yeah, Trello. But Trello, yeah. So I've been using that for the longest while. And, like you know, it gets confusing if it's like 30 clients you're handling and, you know, people come in, especially this time, adding in more content. I just switched to Airtable recently. I don't know if you've heard about it.
2: Oh, that's what Daniel uses.
1: Yeah, Trello
0: is really good for like long-term projects. But when it comes to weekly clients, it's not... It really falls short. And trying to keep track of everything. And especially trying to keep track of it with... A team. Exactly.
3: So I feel like that at this price point, it, um, which I, I would imagine relatively, it would be, you know, compared to the US. So if Dave was in the US, he would be charging, you know, US prices. So essentially, it's like if you did the conversion rate, maybe it would all work out to be the same, that somebody, you know, the average in the US. So what you have done is what so many people want to do, and that's scale. Yes. I wonder if your able to offer just like really personalized service still now that you you know you said you had twenty plus clients mm. and you've got a team of five. So are you still able to give like hands-on service with those clients?
1: Yeah, so that's the challenge. the biggest challenge actually when I first started is is this possible at all because I do like full editing detailed edits, right? And, right. And <laughs> we don't have the same brains and all of that stuff. and I think that's also one uh, really stopping most independent editors of hiring because, uh, you know, it's, we do it differently. We have our own style. So what I did when I first started was I really made sure everything was systemized as much as it could get. So every one of them are in-house. I don't like, they don't, they're not like without me. So they are in here with me.
3: Present in a physical location, like you and they're on the payroll, they're not contractors.
1: Yeah, that's it. So I can do that here in the Philippines, right? That's my unfair advantage, right?
3: Yes. Well, I'm jealous, but still, I think this is like, there's got to be something in there that that somebody can replicate. Maybe not me. Somebody else can replicate. Mm. <laughs> I'd be a little bit more savvy. Um, so go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: So uh, we all use the same units. I mean, OS, rather, uh, the same... Uh, Logic Pro, we, we use the same app, we same plugins and all of that stuff. And and the good thing with this, uh, not not to like, <laughs> you know, not to show off like I'm a big Apple fa- uh, fan, right? But Logic Pro, when you just share the file in our database, sort of on our Air network, so it, you can just get that file and you know listen to it, and you don't have to copy anything else, just that one file, and anyone can finish it. So what I did. Uh, is like okay have someone first and you know on the training period I have to listen throughout all those edits right
3: how long is the training period?
1: so a month is a good enough time for so I also have my own podcast and you know I can, <laughs> not to sound like hopefully my my uh, clients are not listening to this but I, I do cat have a category for each client like high low and you know priorities right so I kind of like give out the fir- the low ones. Low hanging fruits <laughs> to the <laughs> first samples, I look at right?
3: That. I got a spreadsheet.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely
0: have clients that are, you know, the shorter episodes that don't need a whole lot of editing versus yeah. the ones that go on for an hour and
1: yeah. So it's uh, it, it, it's possible. I, you know, over time, I was like always thinking like working on the business and not in really, but I still do editing though. I do. I'm swamped really actually
3: <laughs> that's great I love it what, what a problem to have
1: <laughs> so yeah but it takes a you know uh it takes a lot of time for for editing really you can just do much right in a day and it right. gets tiring too
0: so you said that your training period is about a month are these the people you hire are do they have prior experience in audio or like what's kind of like the skill set coming into whenever you find them
1: you know what? My only requirement is they understand English really well. <laughs> and the next one is they are attentive to details and, you know, have that positive attitude. So every, I believe like editing is, the text side really is the hardest part, right? To teach uh, like uh, whole, all the compression stuff and all that. I do like what we call Friday learning where we learn each week as much as we can, right? Uh, you know, have a session and how, what works for this guy and what works for me and showing it off. I also have like a recording of the audio edits of how to do it because at first they're just going to do cutting. They just want to, you know, make sure it's, they cut the ums and ahs and all that. But the compression and all that stuff, I, you know, I do that mainly at first and over time I teach them. But yeah, I have some editors now. I think that are they're better using RX7, <laughs> way better than me. <laughs>
3: Oh, that's, that's great. So I know from my own experience working with um, an editor in the Philippines, and I don't know if it's, I think it might be cultural, but I have to, like, tell her to tell me what I owe her. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Is that, is that a cultural, like, really, because there are people, like, hiring a, a team member in the Philippines is an affordable way to add to your team, right? So... I'm just interested in that, you know, American culture where we're like, you got to pay me. And, uh, you know, other cultures where that maybe you wouldn't do that to the person that's in charge of you. So is there anything like culturally we should like definitely be aware of when it comes to working with people in the Philippines?
1: Yeah, 100%. That is actually a a culture of us where we don't. (laughs) Money is something that, you know, we're afraid to ask it, you know, and uh, we do have this. Like, uh, I, I think we talk off-cam about imposter syndrome, right? But, you know, this is a good topic to add in, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, not really imposter. But, basically, it's something like we don't really think of us as at par. And I, and I for one, doesn't, you know, I'm not a big fan of that uh, thinking. That's why I always put up myself, like, I can charge this as much. I'm not, you know, it's, it's not a disservice for, you know, it's actually helping the economy, right? If, you, if we're putting it there, the right, like, prices and not, like, going below because that's that's just crazy. And, uh, yeah. So that's it for me. It's, like, you have to, yeah. You, I think it's good to be, uh, to put it out there at the start of a contract if you're hiring someone, uh, outsourcing it, when they'll get the payment, I guess, because they, they might not get, you know, ask for it or they just leave you and, you know, you don't
3: want to have Yeah. Well, you don't want to not pay somebody. Right. I, I, I just forget. Like it's. And I'm used to, you know, other people who are like, um, hey, <laughs> knock, knock. Uh, but this one particular girl, and she's lovely and she's great. She just, you know, I, I just have to remember to ask her. To send me an invoice and i probably should have set up a, a schedule so maybe i'll do that
0: how long have you been doing this like how long have you been in business so uh the editing professionally editing for others you know maybe not necessarily like outsourcing and like having yeah. you know team in house just kind of like, when did you get started
1: so i i started like 2013 so that's like seven years ago mm. But I, I the first three years I'm not I didn't consider myself as a professional. I was just working for one client, right? And I didn't know that there was a potential there. I mean, podcasting at that time was fairly I don't know it was fairly new or not a lot of people were in in it, right? And I think there was a boom just the past few years. Uh, now we're reaching a million, I think active podcasts on I, on Apple. quote unquote active <laughs> <laughs> valid yeah. <laughs> So I've been doing that for 7 years and uh I was just lucky. I don't we're going to get into this right the first client but you know I was just a bit lucky of getting working on a big podcast right like on the first it's it's like one out of 100 right. So it's a big podcast They're like uh uh you know top in the iTunes you know ranking before and and they were in the niche uh, real estate so they got so people ask about you know who edits the show so i did it I, you know but the thing is they they just taught me how to do it really because uh, the host was editing his own show and it takes him like 6 to 8 hours to edit a show wow so
2: oh, goodness so it
1: was a time saver having me as a their VA at first and now editing their show
2: so what is your typical editing process look like so we sent you our files however big or smaller file sizes were this time. We don't know. What did you do once you got done?
1: Yeah, so I've attended uh, uh, most of this. I bar. I don't know if Chris is still doing it. but I've attended uh, the Audio uh, Podcast Engineering School, um, in t- uh, 2017.
3: This should also be called the Podcast Editors Mastermind and Chris Kern.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Chris Kern is always mentioned in each show. Right. Anyway, yeah. Was- so
3: far, six episodes. An honorary
1: <laughs> yeah. member of the team. Yeah. 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 That's what, you know, I was like trying to, I I know first four four years, like I don't call myself professional, you know, I need something to call myself that way, I guess, add to the confidence. So I joined that class, (laughs) but yeah, uh, my process is basically just getting the files, uh, making sure they're, they're good. So what I do is I do an initial fix in it. Like we call it cleaning here on locally on our end and my team. So we clean the files first. Uh, we do RX seven, um, make sure you know the the cats are not too loud. We try to <laughs> we try to like apply the the noise gate and all that, and apply the leveler. So yeah, so I I'm a fan of setting the loudness set right in negative twenty three. So that's what I wanted before editing it, so that it's a bit leveled for all tracks, especially with this one. Where we had like four active people talking and you know in trap, so yeah, just clean it up on RX seven. Make sure the DS, the plosives, and all those stuff are are fixed, and put them in a the multi track. Uh, Logic Pro is what I use, so yeah. And uh, the thing with that show, so I've I have this bundle on RX, uh, the iZotope thing. I, I'm I tried Waves before. That was uh. So I I got a couple of the, these wave plugins from my from I so I'm surrounded with this audio <laughs> guys right, so yeah. yeah so I have this uh, I have this uncle right he's my he's my yeah and a cousin who's really our audio engineers this the story of why I call it podcast engineers and I know Steve hates the word engineers and you know I mean <laughs> we don't like that right but the thing is it came from a that that word really came from like a, an you know, honest, I don't know, what uh desire for me to put that into this context because I, I, I my uncle was an, a real audio engineer. He, he works in a studio. So these were my influence. And my cousin actually did work for a couple of years with him, but I was never really in that because I was pursuing my career and all that stuff. But yeah, so uh, at first I started like, you know, how about I form like a podcast editing and, you know, have you as my consultants since you're all engineers. Anyway, so I got some a couple of the you know a head start giving them you know they shared to me plugins access to some apps but you know they there were PC before but I transitioned to Mac so I focus on Logic Pro now and their native plugins and all uh, RX is what my mainly what I mainly use right now that's sweet
3: awesome yeah that's that's
2: I God. God bless Rx. <laughs> so
3: <much>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much. It's so
2: awesome. So we alluded to it before and talking about pricing and stuff and how you add value and you do some publishing and a little bit extra. So what other ways as editors, engineers, producers, whatever we call ourselves, can we add value in serving our clients?
1: Yeah. So I, you know what? When I was editing, I was like thinking, I'm just going to do audio, right? And I I think that's a good thing to practice. The one thing philosophy, (laughs) I'm a big fan of that book. So I just focus on editing. That's me. I'm the audio guy. I want to make sure it sounds good and try my best to improve the conversation. But over time, you know, uh, competition comes in and that makes us grow as well. Like, you know, a lot of editors are coming out and it's because it's natural because there's a lot of podcasts who need help. And I think there's abundance out there. There's a lot of, you know, just clients out there waiting to be found. But the thing was, right. uh, it's all about really for me now, how can I get beyond just the thinking of editing, which is a lot of people are offering it and they're doing the same thing. And how can I mean, you know, make myself unique, stand out. So uh, this, I, I had this concept of like, because I, I hit the ceiling as well. I, 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 I know someone from the groups in Editor cl- editor Club where he got like 100 clients. I don't know who that was. I don't know. Daryl. Daryl?
3: Darnell.
1: I, I think, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, if he can do it, maybe I can do it. <laughs> but I was nowhere <laughs> near that. I was working on it for like, yeah, four years ever since I started to implement this like as a business. Right. So trying to hit that 100 client mark. I actually have it on my back here. A uh, 70 clients. I want to hit that maybe this year next. Nonetheless, so how, I hit a wall of like, I can't go beyond the 2030 mark. So I realized like, I need to step up my game and I realized, you know, it's adding, adding that extra. And you mentioned uh, on the last show uh, Carrie that you are, your relationships really matter. And I think that's really important. And that's a struggle for my end as well because as, us, yeah, it's a cultural thing once again. Where okay, once it's all set up, I don't. I'm an. In, I don't know if I'm an introvert like Jennifer here. <laughs> but I, I'm not saying you are, but I feel like <laughs> no, you're. I totally am. <laughs> like I'm
3: an introvert extrovert, so like this suits me because I can listen. For a long time. And then, like, like I said to these guys earlier, what as I was chatty in Messenger, I said, I'm sorry guys, I haven't like talked in four days. <laughs> so-, <laughs> so it goes, it comes in, in spurts. And that's hard to deal with when you're working with clients because they don't you can't not talk to them. Yeah, there's
1: like a balance where you don't want to be in their way, like I don't want to be in their face all the time because you know you're the back end guy, right? but also at the same time, you wanna be on your face or something. You have to be like, because, you you know, they...
3: You have uh, to guide they, them. Yeah. You, you know, you got to be like kind of always hovering. Because,
1: because that was a problem I was facing. Like, okay, the next time I know they, they went to another editor or they stopped or stuff like that. So, yeah. So I have like what was missing and uh, definitely not con- having the relationship, not maintaining that, not having a call. So that's one thing I think I'm going to add. Like having like quarterly calls at least, at the very least, uh, you know, just making sure that they're alive. Daniel, you do that, don't you?
0: So every three months I have, I give my clients the opportunity to have a one-on-one call with me and my wife. So my wife, Michelle, is my business partner. So she handles like kind of the running of the business or kind of like the high-end kind of higher brains thing whereas I focus on like running the business and so like she'd really good like content strategy and that kind of thing so we both get on the call and have like these one-on-ones with our clients and even like this past Monday we got on a call and I was kind of worried because like I didn't really have anything to say because like her audio was an issue but we fixed on the last call everything's going great her content is awesome but she came with like a list of SEO items, like a whole bunch of stuff that she wanted to ask us. And it's like, yeah. So like she was like immensely grateful that we took that opportunity. And then just kind of like going back to um, what you're saying, like Daryl Darnell has hundred clients, you know, the risk of that is losing that one-on-one thing. And that's something that I've struggled with. It's like, I want to scale, but I also like part of what I think is my selling point is like that relationship with me that I don't want to lose. Like on the flip side, you know, we're talking about Chris Curran who has, I think five clients. So like you can offer more value for fewer clients and have like a more focused, you know, give them more focused attention as opposed to trying to make the same amount of money by spreading yourself out over a bunch of clients. So yeah, quarterly uh, calls is something I do. And then also offering, um, because I see myself, like who I work with is they, the podcasting is part of their business. So it's something that they can learn how to do, but their time is more valuable focusing on something else. So I kind of think like, what can I do to take more off their plate so they can focus on their business and listen on their podcast? So like offering show notes or transcripts are a couple of popular service items that I offer.
2: So other than just doing audio stuff and talking about audio, do you do anything like show note writing or blog posts or audiograms or anything like that to add value or is it more the relationship and the coaching?
1: It, well i I put that on the website right and uh, I don't active the thing with that is my strength is audio, right I don't even video is not my like I have to be honest with everyone like I, I hate doing videos. I mean it's not like it's not something that I really love to do. It requires a lot of like computer power and all that stuff. It's glitchy sometimes when you export it and you know it depends really on what you use. But yeah, so I focus on audio editing. I don't market it like I have that. But yeah, if they ask, then I have to. So I don't know if that's going to change in the next, in the near future of like I'm really actively pushing that because I think that's also important for clients. But for me, uh, yeah, relationship is one thing. But I think right now what I'm focusing is how, how do they get the listeners, right? That's the, that's the thing that they really want to like figure out. And they start shows, and they don't, they really don't have any idea what you know what it is. They, there's this mindset of they build and everything will follow. And I think that's wrong, right? Like, they can build as many episodes as they like, and they like one listener <laughs> per episode. <laughs> and ah, and you know, as an editor, you you have like you can just let them go and publish those hundred episodes because you're earning money, right? I and mean, I think that's there's something wrong there. So I want to make sure that you know, I'm helping them in a sense like they're also getting what they wanted and what they really needed, right?
0: And I think to that point as well. It's like you know, a lot of people like want to say like I'm just an editor, and nothing else. And I had that mindset at the beginning. It's like that's what I'm good at. You know, I don't I don't want to worry about promotion and SEO and marketing and all that. But at the end of the day, it's like there's more to it than just editing, and if I can help my client grow their show, then they're more likely to keep producing shows, and thus I have more editing work. So it's kind of like, a, whatever you want to call that, but it's like helping each other out, like you helping them help you.
3: Well, I think as a side, uh, as a side bonus to this, when you're learning about SEO and digital content marketing you're also learning how to do that not just for your client but for your own business so the better you get at it the better you do <laughs> in general and the better your clients do and the better you're able to help and it just kind of builds on each other but uh if we can channel Steve Stewart here thank you Brian by the way who who brought this up who determines what is valuable
1: oh that's a good question
3: <laughs> and I don't have an it like I don't I don't really... It's the client. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you're going to... Well, I mean... Because uh, everyone's going
0: to be paying for it determines...
3: But if the client's wrong, because a lot of times the <clears> clients <throat> are wrong, right? They're it, focusing on the wrong
2: things. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like Because they want to get in a new and noteworthy, okay? Right.
3: Yeah. I've been in new and noteworthy. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> does not do anything. But that's the thing. So. So who... Who determines it and, and how do you deal with it when the client's wrong about it?
0: <laughs> and I think so to that point, you know, it kind of goes down to like we're, we're editors, you know, we work with our clients, but also part coaches in some sense. So a lot of that is teaching our clients like what is valuable when it comes to podcasting, because like they're paying us to be the, co- at least for me, like the way I see, like they're paying me to be the podcast expert. So if they're wrong about something, like it's kind of, you know, part of my job is to kind of like steer them in the right direction to one, tell them what is valuable and like what's worth putting time and money into and why and explaining coherently like why new and noteworthy isn't valuable, but getting your audience to share with their friends is valuable.
1: In a way, in each call, you are trying to teach them how it really looks like. And yeah, in the initial call, I think that's one thing we can add as an editor, right? And get get it straight. Like, you'll figure it out. On the first call, you'll figure it out. Okay, this guy has no idea what he's getting into. Doesn't know who's his targeting. Doesn't have a, a business. Just, uh, you know. I mean, I'm not, not nothing against like people who start podcasting for the money. But that's definitely the wrong reasons for getting in, you know getting in podcasting so
3: yeah because it's not gonna
1: happen
0: (laughs) 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 or knowing where the money is like this podcasting isn't directly profitable but if you're selling something else and that's a good way to drive traffic
3: so sponsor your own show yeah yeah
0: (laughs) so i think that the quarterly calls are huge if so like you've been saying that relationship is very important the, the, I think the biggest reason I started doing these calls was I didn't want to lose that personal touch and I didn't want to be just a ghost on the other side of an email address. It's like the only time we communicate is through, hey, here's my next show. Hey, your show's ready. Hey, I saw this issue. Just like these really cold emails. And I'm not good at email. Like I'm, my emails are pretty brief and come, come off curt. So like having that face-to-face to build that relationship, um, that turns into, I don't know. And a lot of issues are hard to communicate over email. So being able to like explain verbally face to face, you know, through video, um, you can like cover like, you know, recording issues, a whole bunch of different issues a lot easier when you can get on a video chat. And like just the call I had this week, I didn't know that she had these questions and it's hard to like go over it in an email, but getting on just an hour long video chat it's really easy to address those questions.
3: I do. I offer monthly coaching calls with my clients. Uh, not everybody takes advantage of it. I think a lot of people find just knowing they can do it. It is something special. Like, it, it gives them a sense, like a, a safety net. So they know they don't have to go out and get a podcast coach. They know they have somebody they can, like, have an in-depth conversation about whatever their issue is. I do have one client that takes advantage of it, like, regularly. And she <laughs> – <laughs> as well as um, text. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. and
1: even call you so
2: I used to have a texture, but it's
3: yeah. Hard. So, so I love her to death. She is she is an excellent client. Um, but <laughs> it's just so the the flip side of the personal relationship are those boundaries, mm-hmm. um, which I am not great at because I I just like to talk and what no no I know right right who knew who knew so I can kind of encourage clients to cross those boundaries sometimes. When But what they don't get is when I'm not in the mood. <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore. Like, that's it. I just won't, like, leave me alone for four days. And they don't. So I know you haven't instituted these calls, Dave. But do you have any ways that you set boundaries with your clients? And have you thought about that for implementing like the more personal more frequent contact
1: mm, good question so uh calendly is my tool right <laughs> make sure that they book it and use most of the time there's no no <laughs> place to book one but yeah you know uh for me it's actually extra challenging because i i, I take on you know i the calls uh at midnight my time right like that that mm. time around, oh, yeah. so it's it's pretty challenging, and you're like tired from editing the shows, and you know you got someone who for a discovery call where you have to set up, you know, set up the recordings and all that stuff. That's the that's the worst, by the way. Uh, set up someone's recording over the phone or over the over a call, but nonetheless, yeah. I charge for that <laughs> now come to think of it that like one guy took two hours, almost two hours just to set up because he has no idea how to work audio works
3: yeah set up fees setup up fees set up fees for for the the gear and set up fees for the show template in, in your DAW.
1: yeah so so yeah, coming going back to my answer like before when I first you know when I planned pl- planned to have like 20 30 clients I was thinking like it's all about systems like as as less interaction possible right so i was used to that that was my like strategy ever since and uh, i don't know if it still work it's it it does work but you know uh right now you have to add, i'm i'm coming from that end where i need to add now some personal stuff personal connection right so yeah that was what was what i did like there I always tell them, you know, everything's set up. We have the shared folder. You get notified. Stuff like that. So no interaction at all. (laughs) Right? A Dropbox, you know, gets you notified. What else do you need? just
3: a little
2: wizard that
3: lives in the internet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm hearing everyone say is that the value comes in the
1: relationships. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: Not just in being in a process it does work it does work, it does work for
1: you know but you know you have to really add that but yeah the boundary I, i'm not there yet where they're really bugging me like what you know texting texting me they definitely can text me but yeah uh yeah so
0: you also have a built-in kind of out that you know if they know you're in the philippines right. it's like oh sorry i can't talk right now it's 1 a.m <laughs> yeah. besides the relationship like what other things are you thinking about or contemplating
1: Ways to add value. All right. It all boils down to what do they want, right? I always ask, you know, why they even start a podcast. And usually it's all about that. Listeners getting, you know, getting more uh, people buying their stuff if they're selling it through their podcast. So I was thinking for those who who are starting out, I think the funnel kind of concept to share it to them, like even not just, you know, really like, I built the funnel for no, No, just giving them, like, that option that when they start a podcast, have, like, a mailing list already or stuff like that, right? Like, a freemium, whatever, in their show or that they market through their podcast. That's what the big clients are doing. And, yeah, so that's what I, I'm not saying I'm doing that now already. It's, it's my next plan. That's what I've realized recently. Like, I'm going to do that, like, offer it. In the whole launch, you know, when you launch a podcast, it's it's all in the package. Like you already have like a way to get the first hundred email people in it, uh, you know, have a plan for the funnel, like low ticket, mid ticket, something like that. At least I have an it, idea. It,
3: You could even add a click funnel affiliate or something like that. Um, just thinking about cause I have a podcaster that works with click funnels and uh I may she has a like a special offer that I may actually do. But um I just, you know, there's a song called Click Funnels on YouTube. And it's <laughs> <laughs> that's how hardcore they are about it, but they work. Um I think there's a lot. I, I can see the importance that the digital content marketing plays in everything that we do. Mm. Right? I don't think in this day and age, in podcast editing land that you can get away with not knowing anything about marketing. You have to know a little bit about SEO. You have to know a little bit about how to use Instagram. You have to know a little bit about how to build a mailing list, about funnels. So all these pieces, because those are the questions that everybody asks. Like, how do I do this? How do I, you know, how do I grow? How do I grow my audience? How right? to get
1: ratings and reviews, right? I mean,
3: <laughs> and that's and who cares? And and who cares about rating and reviews? That's not everybody. What that's not what. That's vanity metrics. That has nothing to do with anything. Sorry, are you just trying to get me worked up here? <laughs>
0: but how else am I supposed to get on new and noteworthy if I don't get a lot of ratings that's and reviews?
2: Vanity. <laughs> yeah, but more people will find out about my show. I I. Have they looked at the
3: Apple podcast app? Because I'm just getting to know it real well. And I have not seen new and where notew- I haven't even seen, like, listen to this show. I have just seen, like, weirdness. I don't know where it is. I see a list of the shows I'm subscribed to through my iTunes from, like, 50 years ago. Um, and that's it. I never, I have not come in contact with any like suggestions or discovery or anything on iTunes. I've only searched for stuff. So, yeah. Okay. See, all right, you did this on purpose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Chris had a, Chris Stone had a comment. For some clients, vanity is their value, yeah. unfortunately. They're
3: idiots. And I don't mean that in a mean way. Okay. I love them all. I love them all. But sometimes they need a little tough love and be like, you just might want to start a blog. I, I don't know.
2: Wow, Carrie, bring it back in. Whoop, coming back <laughs> in. <laughs> coming
3: back. <laughs> all righty. All right, I'm done. I'm off my my soapbox. It got, got me on a weird day. So I haven't talked for four days. Now I'm getting
1: it all out, so I have to talk for another four days.
0: So, Dave, do we answer your question, or do you have anything you want to yeah, add?
1: Yeah, I think that's about it for me. That's my next step, right? That's my next level uh, so, I want to get into that, like, you know, launching and all that. Tough love is good value. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey,
0: that could be a line item. It's $50 <laughs> a month for tough love. Yeah.
3: I will get, if you need
1: it, I will give it to you <laughs> and answer your call at midnight, stuff like that.
0: <laughs> but I like what you just said, Dave. Like, launch packages are really good because launching a podcast is com- it, it's easy to do once you know how, but there's so many pieces to it. That like your clients like especially for mine like you know they have other businesses they need to focus on, but if you can walk them through that launch process to make it super easy and prevent them from making mistakes like buying a blue yeti or using SoundCloud as a media host, like that's another great way to, uh you know add value to yeah. their show.
1: And even like the landing, you know the the website, right? Uh, I, I'm envisioning like having these photos of the guests already because they've recorded already, right? And just have a trailer episode there and a way to subscribe to the email list just because these guys are on it. So that's my vision of adding, val- you know, making it valuable for them. Because at the end of the day, they want they want the interaction. They want the people telling them, oh, you got a good podcast, stuff like that, right? So, but at the same time, getting the the numbers growing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. And honestly, just kind of think about it, like as you implement this, I think this would be like a great way to like in the podcast editors, mastermind, Facebook group, kind of continuing this conversation and your progress as you kind of roll out some of this, what your results are, where your successes are, where your failures are, and just kind of help you help us help everybody else.
3: Yeah. Because I just want to know what I can steal from you Ah! and implement my own way. (laughs)
0: If you look at our website, you'll notice a lot of similarities. Because I'll go to Carrie's website and I'll see something I like and I'll bring it over to mine and then Brian goes.
3: Right, right. Yeah. And and absolutely, if you need to steal something from me that I'm doing, have at it, right? Because it only makes us all better. To, you know, I am I there's enough to go around even during a pandemic. Speaking of which, quickly, how has COVID-19 affected your business? Has it at all?
1: It it did in a both good in a bad way, I would say. Uh, at first, it was really scary because a lot of, you know, people were like, even before the pandemic, one client already stopped. Like he was, a, uh, I think he was power or something. <laughs> but anyway, he was like hoping for, you know, guessing for the next crash. And, you know, he just went out of missing uh, even a week before the the close the quarantine and all that stuff. But nonetheless, I, I got like, you know, three of them, four of them stopped. But what's amazing is I got like five, uh, more or less, something like that, getting in because they're like, they're like starting to post content now. And so I've joined this like uh, a group right on Facebook as well, where a group of entrepreneurs were helped, like in a way they like, you know, help each other go back, what to do this time around. And they like had this summit or you know, stuff like that. So I, I joined it because I needed it in a way also to learn from from others and you know what in there like it's they promoted heavily oh I, I was in a good position they promoted heavily start a podcast now and I was like oh man this is an opportunity so I did I did that like who wants to start a podcast I can help you with that and I'm actually in the middle of uh giving like a, a five-day challenge like you know helping people start their podcast entrepreneurs which are Basically, who I'm targeting, right? Who has already existed in business. And they want to, like, put their content, especially at this time. But I don't know if it's this is good or bad. Because if everything goes back to normal, they won't have time to (laughs) even (laughs) record, I guess. Well, hopefully
3: you can uh, get them invested before then. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. So, yeah. I mean, just planting the seed. And uh, I think that's the best thing we can do right now. uh, Because everyone's at home like you know and more people are telling go do podcast or youtube or tiktok or whatever
2: dave we alluded to it earlier but how did you get your first client
1: all right so uh you know i've worked with this as i've mentioned i was really lucky with this uh client right because they're still with me and now they have four shows amazing when they when they started with one show so i like i just bill and bill and (laughs) (laughs) it (laughs) And I'm outsourcing, you know, a, a couple of the shows. So it's, but I still do edit it. I mean, I really owe it to them, uh, given me the opportunity. So uh, they they had I was like their first VA from the Philippines, and I was doing email stuff. And they were like asking me, so what? What are you good at? Like as they grew, right? They went into the 500 something fortune like companies in the past in 2016 or 17. But anyway, so like, okay, uh, uh, what are you good at? Like. I don't know. I just want to do email stuff back then, like 2013. But yeah, so they figured out that I'm into music. I was a frustrated rock star, you know, band. I'm, I'm a, I am played the guitars, uh, hoping to be one of the next rock star here in the Philippines, but didn't pan out well. So I ended up editing podcasts. Oh, <laughs> Equally fun, though. <laughs> I have a feeling
3: that is not an uncommon story
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i was you know i had experience mixing stuff like you know and yeah as i mentioned i I was i'm in the group of of band people like audio artists vocalists singers producers right engineers is what they call them they really work in a studio and they hang out in the studio drink you know lots of alcohol in there stay there so uh, i was in the right group and uh like okay <laughs> uh, are, are wrong right group to learn <laughs> editing <laughs> right and how audio works so how microphone works I mean a lot of people don't know how microphone works I mean and but for me it was like second nature I, I, this is how you do it how you make it sound good but uh, yeah so I I was able to blend that together for that first plan but I, I just at first really to be honest I, I didn't like it it takes a lot of time <laughs> I mean, yeah, it takes a lot of time. And I, I was someone like, I can't focus for three hours editing show. So uh, I had just handled that one client and I spread the work. Uh, this was this true story. I spread the work like three days to finish one episode, like one mm-hmm. hour and one day, like two hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just taking it, yeah. you know, it was, it was a job for me, but eventually I realized like, you know, podcasting has been growing and that's how I got it. Like, Oh, I can replicate this. And uh, and another another person who worked in that company who quit and started his own, like he's part of a new company, started a podcast. And of course, he knows that I'm doing the podcast. So, okay, I'll do it for you. So that was the first. That was, uh, it was like a stroke of luck, I guess, in a way that I got into this. And could have, you know, I'm so happy for for the turn of events. I love it. <laughs> So uh
3: is there still beer and uh other alcohol flowing in here?
1: <laughs> That's a no-no here. I mean I want work done <laughs> for <from> my people. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So if
2: people want to find out more about you, what you do, maybe work with you, check out your work, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: So uh podcast engineers is the uh, dot com. Don't you know, don't hate me for the word engineers. I I've built this like five years ago. But yeah, it came from like, you know, from the people of audio engineers uh, who who I thought I could still consult with, but they went on their lives, right? So, so I'm all, it's all me. Uh, so it's really just me podcasting, no audio stuff, uh, like engineers really. I, I I To be honest, I was thinking of like even catering to like mixing music at first. That was like my route, right? When I first started this. But I realized now I just focus on podcasts, so. Yeah, that's it. podcastengineers.com.
2: If you want to be part of the Podcast Editor's Mastermind, Carrie, what do they need to do? Well, you need to go to
3: PodcastEditorsMastermind.com and click the little button at the top that says Be a Guest and fill out the form and tell us if you want to edit an episode. Totally – Optional, You don't have to, but it's a great way to show off your skills and build up your portfolio if you need to. And then we will get back to you and schedule you as a guest, but try and have a topic you want to talk about because we like to obviously talk about podcasting business, podcast editing business stuff. So uh, I can't think of everything myself and these guys get tired of me being like, Oh, we should talk about this. So please, Give these guys a break and uh, come up with a, an amazing topic. And, or, or, and it can be something you're struggling with as well. That's probably the best thing. So anyway, that was my really long way of saying how you can be a guest on our show. So <laughs> you can find me at yayapodcasting.com. And
2: um, you can also follow me on Instagram at, at Carrie Eric. Daniel?
0: You can find me at rothmedia.audio.
2: And I'm Jennifer Longworth. You can find me at bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com and across social media at podcasting. Again, thank you to Dave for being our guest today. And thank you to Brian for being our moderator and keeping us on track and trying to keep <laughs> us on track in the comments. That, you know. Doesn't thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. So we will catch you guys again next time again that's podcast editor mastermind.com like subscribe give us ratings and reviews so we can make it into (laughs) the charts and more you don't (laughs)
3: have to don't listen to her don't listen (laughs) to her not worthy please